welcome to a brand new podcast series. I'm your host Natalia and we're in conversation with Pastor Jeremy. In this podcast, we are going to bust some myths related to Christmas. There are so many symbols, traditions, stories related to Christmas. Uh, let's see where they originate from. Hello, Pastor Jeremy. Hi, Nat. Good to be back on this new podcast. This is a very important part of our year as Christmas rolls around and it's good to stop and talk about some of the aspects that might detract from worshipping Christ, from keeping Christ at the center of this Christmas season. And one of the biggest distractions is the cultural aspects that have spilled over into our celebration of Christ. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, we can talk about many of these things these elements, these practices. And today, well, let's pick up a couple. And uh, as we go forward, we'll uh, tackle some of the others. And I'm sure that you're open to others sending in questions or maybe suggestions on some of the things we can talk about, because this is a great time to learn the original authentic story of Christmas. Yeah, exactly. So like you said, what do you have in mind when we talk about the cultural customs spilled into our Christmas celebration? Yeah, I mean, the top two would be Christmas tree and Santa Claus, right? I mean, how can you do Christmas without Christmas tree and Santa Claus? And it's almost unthinkable about celebrating Christmas either in your home or at your school or at any party or in even in church nowadays without the Christmas tree and without Santa Claus. And it is just vile how far it has gone to the point where it has literally left no space to actually stop and meditate on worship and focus, concentrate on the Lord Jesus himself. So this really is about busting some of those myths or rethinking some of the things we consider quite central to Christmas. Let's take Santa Claus, for instance. The modern figure of Santa Claus has evolved from a variety of cultural influences, blending folklore and traditions, historical figures. And most significant inspiration comes from St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas as a Christian bishop who lived in the 4th century in what we now know as Turkey, St. Nicholas was known for his generosity and his kindness, particularly towards little children. This story goes back quite a while, and then he would, especially during Christmas, thinking about the poor, thinking about children, he would, within his parish, I would say, find gifts and toys and things like that, and he would go and he would leave these gifts at the doorstep so that on Christmas morning, when they woke up, there would be a surprise. Now, that has developed all the way down to Father Christmas or Christmas or, or Santa Claus coming through the chimney of all places and leaving sweets and stockings. And I mean, you know, you know how far that has gone. And then he gets caught kissing under the mistletoe. And I don't know, this guy really lost his plot and his entire script was rewritten. You got a Dutch folklore as well, which played a crucial role in shaping of modern Santa Claus. And this was the Dutch Sinterklaas, Sinterklaas. And I just mentioned that because over time, Sinterklaas merged with the British figure or British Father Christmas figure. You have all these different folklores and ideas that have kind of all mixed and matched over the years as people have traveled back and forth and immigrated, especially in this particular century, and taken those folklores and have taken those customs and brought it over it. And then the most strong influence, I suppose, is the Americanization of Santa Claus, which we know today. This image of Santa Claus as a jolly Rotown man in a red suit became widely popular, I suppose, in the last century, thanks in part to an influence of a guy called Clement Clark, who wrote a poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, 
commonly known as the night before Christmas. You probably heard of that thing. It's even been made into a movie. And then there's Thomas Nast's illustration of the Harper's Weekly. These depictions solidified the modern visual representation of what you and I now know as Santa Claus, the old fat guy with the long flowing beard and the ho 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 and the, and a few animals involved. So the transformation of Santa into this beloved iconic figure continued through various cultural contributions including the advertisement of Coca-Cola who finally took him and put some splash some color on him and basically brought about the whole red and white color combination and their depiction of Santa in his current form by artist Haddon Sundblom contributed to what is now the standardized Santa Claus now we got to be careful and Christ needs to be center in Christmas Christmas is about Jesus you call it christmas you call it xmas i don't really care but jesus needs to be center of it all and all of these folklores customs traditions are lovely so if you belong to that custom if you belong to that culture by all means you know go ahead i mean i know i know russian culture has their own characters that they have brought into the christmas story but if it's not in scripture if it's not in scripture then we need to be very careful about it one that is also brought in by pagan rituals is the tree the christmas tree the tradition of decorating the christmas tree has roots and has evolved over time through a combination of religious cultural and regional influences the most basic is pagan roots the use of evergreen trees in the winter celebrations has pagan origins in many ancient cultures evergreen trees wreaths branches symbolized life's triumph over death as they remained green right throughout the season right throughout winter vibrant during winter months while other trees all shed their leaves and looked dilapidated the romans the egyptians the druids among others incorporated evergreens into their winter solstice celebrations sign of life you know in the middle of the cold dead winter so these are pagan roots and this primarily came out of that then you have the christian adaptation where christian tradition became more closely associated with the christmas tree later on some some legends suggest saint boniface an english missionary in the 8th century encountered pagans worshiping an oak tree and then created an alternative for him say hey listen not the oak tree since you are christians let's use the fir tree because you want to disconnect you want to distance yourself from what is typically pagan but you can't replace something that's pagan with something that's also paganistic if you know what i mean so as you spread across europe over the 19th century the custom of christmas tree spread across all these countries christmas going to every culture in the 18th and 19th centuries the christmas tree gained popularity among german royalty aristocracy it eventually made its way into all other european countries then finally of course it lands up in the united states the german immigrants are the ones who brought it into the united states in the 19th century and uh, custom did not uh, become widespread in america until the mid 1800s i suppose but queen victoria prince albert decorated the christmas tree and it's when people like that do something that everybody else wants to copy that's when it becomes most illustrated and uh, that was even covered in the london news finally you've got the commercialization you know it becomes big business if everybody wants a tree then everybody buys a tree at christmas everybody's growing the tree at christmas today people around the world celebrate christmas by decorating trees with ornaments lights and other festive elements it's lovely to have special some things to decorate when you talk about decorating the house when you talk about making the place look beautiful there's nothing wrong with any of these things but when you cannot do without these things 
and Christmas is not Christmas without these things, then you've got to really stop and ask, hey, what's going on here? The Christmas tree has evolved over centuries, blending pagan and Christmas and Christian elements to become one of the most recognized symbols of the Christmas season. Isn't that amazing? So today, not the manger. It's not the manger that's central to the Christmas story. It's the Christmas tree. Every movie, every story, every Christmas play centers around the tree. You don't have children gathering around the manger. You don't have children gathering around the nativity scene. But you do have children gathering around the Christmas tree. And the Christmas tree has come to be known as the place where the gifts are open, the family gathers, there's joy, there's giving, there's generosity. We can really put a nice positive spin on all of these things. It's, it's amazing how we can take something so pagan and distract ourselves from Jesus, from the manger, from the wise men, from the prophecies coming true, from the incredible truth that every prophecy came true right up to the swaddling clothes. You will see a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. At this time in Bethlehem, you will see a baby born. There will be a star. Wise men from the east will come. Everything amazing. And we leave all of that for a Christmas tree and for the ho-ho-ho of a Santa Claus. All because of gifts of what we will receive. And the joy of Christmas is what we got on Christmas rather than the fact that Jesus came. So you've got to stop and ask, is it biblical? Is it in the Bible? Is it in the story? Is it part of the original story uh, of Christ's birth? If the answer is no, then you got to decide what are you going to do about it? Am I saying no Christmas tree and no Santa Claus? I'm just saying, if you did without them, would it still be Christmas for you? You know, and if, if there is a Santa, is there any space left for Christmas? If there is a Christmas tree, is there any space left for the manger? Are these all subtle replacements for what Jesus has done for us? Now, these make great festivities. But is Christmas a festival? Christmas is not a festival. It never was meant to be, and it will never be a festival. Christmas is the day God took on flesh and became human. I point you to another podcast we have begun called The Christmas Past, and I'm going to pick up on that, the very first episode, in talking about how deep and how powerful that condescension was, where God condescended to be a man and took on flesh. And this Christmas, we're talking about all these things so that some things in light spirit, some things in, in deep thought, we would seriously consider making Jesus center to our Christmas. And let me say this to you, as hard as it might be to swallow, if you don't know Jesus, you cannot celebrate Christmas. So it is not an all-inclusive, lovely to see everybody being part of it kind of deal. If it was a festival, yeah, great. But this is the reception of Christ. There was no room in the inn. So the question then remains, is there room in you, in your heart, for Christ? On that note, I want to talk about many other little things that we do at Christmas time, which I think is worth our attention. And I'll pick that up in the next podcast. Very interesting. Our several beliefs merged together becomes one solid symbol for Christmas. Thank you so much for that. We're just busting myths in this so we're all well-informed and possibly spread this and make Christmas more Christ-oriented this year. On that note, thank you so much for joining. We would love to hear what you think. In Spotify's new version, you can comment right there. So write to us or you could write to us at psjeremy at gmail.com and we'll see you in the next podcast.